Excuse me, but are you loving this podcast? If you are, you can support the show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. All you have to do is hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Excuse me. I have something to say. This is the podcast where we have real and open conversations about life and everything it throws our way. I'm your host, Sean Philip Naylor, and you can join me each episode as I talk with inspiring people who also have something to say. You can also join in on the conversations by contacting me directly through the show's official social channels, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at excuse me underscore pod, Facebook and YouTube, search excuse me, I have something to say, or visit our official website, excuse me, I have something to say.com. As always, all links are embedded into the show notes for you. And don't forget to click on that subscribe button. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, remember you can rate and review the show there. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the show. Hoping you all had a great Halloween season this year. Mine was fairly quiet, but it was a pretty good one. Once again, thank you all for tuning into the show. A big hello and welcome back to all of our lovely regular listeners and a massive hello and welcome to anyone who's tuning into the show for the first time. You guys finally found us. We were here waiting for you all along. So pull up a seat and get comfy. Now, this week's episode is one for the animal lovers out there, in particular, all of you dog lovers. I'm joined by a huge blast from my past this week, the one and only Mr. Andy Schoolage. I have been lucky enough to have known Andy for 15 years, give or take. Yeah, 15. something like that. God, I can't remember. Holy crap bag. Anyway, it has been a great privilege to have known you and remain friends with you over all these years. Mm-hmm. Insert noise here. Andy... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he has always been a big animal lover. And a few years ago, he started his own dog training business, Bella Amica, in his hometown of Maidstone, Kent. You can also have Andy for breakfast by tuning into <laughs> Maidstone Radio between 7 to 10 a.m. UK time to catch his UK breakfast time. show. UK time. Uh, you can also listen to that online at wearemaidstone.com. But Andy is here today to talk all Hi. things dogs and dog training. And God, well, that's, that, that's the hope anyway. That is the Who hope. Who knows where these I conversations mean, will go. <laughs> I have many questions for you. So sure. Uh, yeah. Now, Andy, welcome to that's, me. that's you. Welcome to my little podcast show. How have you been? 
I'm I'm good, thanks. How have you been? How's because we're on other sides of the world. We are, and you're. I mean, I'm in the future, so that's fun. <laughs> you are. <laughs> that's really weird. Yeah. How is tomorrow? Is it nice? Let me tell you. Tuesday. Tuesday is going to be overcast. Yeah. And rainy. Right. Suddenly, Australia and England don't seem so different. Hey, we're. I mean, we are brothers in arms. Ah, this is true. Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mr. Schoolage, Bella and Mika dog training. Mm-hmm. Tell yes. me a little bit about how it started and where does the name come from? Okay, so the name, uh, it, it had a, a few different names before we settled on Bella and Mika. I say we, I mean I, there's nobody else involved. Um, <laughs> but um, essentially we, we got Bella my dog her name wasn't actually Bella when we picked her up because she's a it rescue, Fred. right? Not quite Fred. It was Stella. And um, I'm quite a snob. And what I couldn't really imagine myself doing was stood in, in the middle of a park screaming, Stella! Um, because uh, my impressions of people who starred in a streetcar named Desire, I don't think would be quite up to par. Uh, so we, 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 it also in, in the UK, if you call someone Stella, it's a little bit like, wait, lads, 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 let's all go for <laughs> drinks down the weather spoons and uh, boys. Uh, so uh, I basically, I, I didn't want my, my dog to be um, a commoner. We wanted to have a nice posh dog. So we called her Bella, which wasn't too much of a change, but I mean, you what don't want to confuse to do, the dog. No, nah. but what I, what I didn't, what I wanted to do is I originally wanted to call it Bella's Buddies, right? So you had all these other dogs and they'd all come along and we've all got like a gang, right? But someone had already taken that name and I was getting <gasps> really irritated. <laughs> and then obviously Bella, it's an Italian name. So I started mm. going down that thought process and yeah, basically Bella Romica just translates in Google. You can you can put it into Google <laughs> Translate right now because that's how I did it. Bella Romica simply translates as beautiful friend. Oh, ain't right? that cute? It's nice, isn't it? Nice. It's and nice. everyone goes, uh, is that the dog trainer? So they never use it. <laughs> <laughs> so never mind. Hilarious. So how did you start Bella Romica and what was uh, what was your inspiration? Yeah, well, previous... To, to the dog training I'd been working mainly on cruise ships or I'd been working for sort of big companies and it's quite easy when you work in big companies to just sort of feel like a number and I also knew that when I left the job that I had on this cruise ship I, I wanted to do something that was useful for people and when you sort of have a history of presenting and um, talking to people and customer service and that kind of stuff you do sort of sit there and go what skills can I actually (laughs) use here and dog training had always been a thing that was interesting to me it always been a thing that I've been playing around with and it just felt like do you know what sod it let's do it let's make sure that we get all the training in get qualified from the institute of modern dog trainers and then yeah let's just do it and so really it was more of a an opportunity I guess to have a fresh start and just completely sort of start your career completely from scratch just because I I didn't really want to be working in a in a sort of corporate environment anymore and I thought well if I'm going to work for myself I might as well do something that helps others and is a bit of a laugh and so yeah that's how it 
all sort of fell together weirdly weirdly dogs Dogs. well obviously you must be quite good at it because (laughs) debatable to everyone but sure yeah we'll go with it you seem to be doing quite well in the industry of dogs you mentioned to me when we when I was trying to rope you into doing the podcast (laughs) um (laughs) you sent me this I said to you so what is it all about and you sent me this lovely message which I really liked um which you basically said that you talk about working with dog owners and showing them that owning a dog is about creating a partnership rather than the old defunct I am the alpha boss mentality yeah how do you do that (laughs) so that's where it, it comes down to that that ability to have been talking to people. I think a lot of the time people go, ah, cool. You must get to play with so many dogs every day. I mean, I did think this. Right. And yes, you you do get to meet a lot of dogs and you get to play with a lot of dogs and it's a lot of fun. But your job as a dog trainer is not to train the dog. Your job is to train the, the human that owns that dog because they are the person that lives with that dog forever and ever. I am basically the drunk uncle at a wedding that gets to play with the baby, get it all hyped up and then hand it back to the parents later. I love that. Um, That's me. Yeah. Um, but it's it's my job basically to show people how they should be training their, their dogs. I'm not a, really, I'm not a dog trainer. I am the trainer of the trainers. Um, right. But it's much easier to say I'm a dog trainer. <laughs> <laughs> Because the, the dogs don't argue the fact. Right. It just takes some of the shit out of the way. And you're like, I'm just a dog trainer. Oh, okay. <laughs> so one of the things I really liked about that statement, let's call it a statement, is that you're creating a partnership between dog and person. Yeah. Pet and human. Um, <laughs> Good. Good use of human. Like it. Human. Um, when I got my dogs, which my boys are getting old now, they're like, both nine-ish, but I did a lot of reading because when we were younger, we had a dog who, the family dog, and she, let's just say, wasn't the nicest of dogs. And she was quite problematic. And I was really concerned that I would get another dog and it would sort of go down that path. Now, all of the books, and I read many books, I still have some of the books, were all like, you have to create a pack mentality and Ugh. your dog needs to know that you are boss. You Ugh. are the alpha. <laughs> and, and dog needs to follow your instruction. So you're talking about creating more of a partnership. So how does that yeah. even work? Well, so when it comes to the alpha theory, so let's quickly talk about the alpha theory. The alpha theory is based on how a wolf pack structure works. And that is where for survival, you have one dog normally, that is making the decisions and the rest of the pack fall in line. And the way that you assert your authority is by kicking everybody else's heads in, <laughs> um, in, in essence. What's really interesting about, and this is nothing to do with the question that you asked, but if I burble now, at least it's out of my system. What's really <laughs> interesting about a wolf pack and the way it's the, the way that they move is that it's, it's really interesting and it's sort of, it's, it's a nice way of getting people to think about how they manage people as well which is why it's always dead interesting to me but essentially when you've got your pack of wolves on the move you will have your sort of three strongest dogs at the front right they are setting the pace 
you then have three of your your sort of really weakest oldest dogs in the middle and they are going to be the ones that everybody is protecting so the more vulnerable people on your team are going to be the ones that everyone's protecting right so that everybody moves together mm -hmm. then behind them got another sort of three pretty strong dogs that are basically checking out the rear and then your alpha is actually at the back why so that he can keep an eye on everybody and everybody moves together forward as one so that's always nice when you're sort of talking to people who are trying to understand how a an alpha works i'm going to keep an eye on everybody we all move together as one and you all stay with me and if you go anywhere i'll have you whereas what's happened is you've got twenty five thousand years of evolution between dog and wolf and the reason that domesticated dogs are different is that they had that element of bravery to walk into man's camp 25,000 years ago. They sat down by the fire and they evolved eyebrows. <laughs> so nuts, right? <laughs> but if you look at wolves, if you look at foxes, if you look at dingoes, coyotes, you know, uh, all those other canines, none of them have eyebrows. Only dogs do. And that's because they evolved them simply so that they could mimic that human facial expression of or would you feed me? <laughs> and because we're suckers and we can see something human in them, we go, all right, have some food. And they all go, boys, draw some more eyebrows on because the stupid hairless monkeys just give us free food if we look cute. Go for cuteness. <laughs> and so because of that evolution, we know that their that dog's pack structure changes and it changed in a way that to become more democratic. So now dogs look for who is the person who is best at doing this particular job? Am I the best at hunting? All right, then I'll lead the hunt. Who's the best at grooming? You are. Great. You tell us what to do for grooming. Who's the best at doing this? Blah, blah, blah. Um, and essentially what we want to do is want to be able to make sure that when we've got a human working with a dog, we're taking advantage of that evolution, that change that happened in a dog's brain to make them go, well, I need to depend on humans. And we create something called mutually exclusive behaviors. And that really comes down to look at me when you see another dog, because I like it when you're looking at me. And it also means that you're not chasing after that dog and leaping all over it and tearing its face off. Um, or when you see a cat, look at me why i'll give you a treat i'll pay you for looking at me but also it means i haven't got a dog that's now pulling me halfway up a tree to try and kill the cat right so you've got these mutually exclusive behaviors and it spans everything that you do in in dog training because if it's good for your dog it's good for you and if it's good for you it ends up being good for your dog so it's about getting that partnership that teamwork to happen so that you and your dog do whatever it is that you need to do and you have a, an understanding that both of you get some benefit out of this partnership. Does that make sense? Was that even English? Was that me just burbling? No, do it again. Okay. So <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense, particularly the part about dogs drawing on their eyebrows. That's... Yeah. I mean, you know, they get a little eyebrow pencil out. That's uh, <laughs> always touching up the makeup. But no, it definitely makes sense. Like I've never really thought about the eyebrow thing. Now you mention yeah. it. The dingoes don't have eyebrows. But they do still babies. So yeah. if rumor has it. <laughs> rumor has it. <laughs> what was Allegedly. that? Allegedly. Was, was that was that really just what 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 happened there? <laughs> there was a lady 
And she said a dingo, she was camping. I think she was camping. And then she said the dingo came into the camp and took the baby at night. Right. Um, there is great debate in this country about whether or not dingo did take baby. Lots of people believe it. Lots of people don't believe it. I don't know enough about it to really be leading this conversation. But Fair enough. Um, yeah, there was, there's questions. People have questions. I mean, are dingoes well known for their baby stealing skills? Is it a thing that happens on? The I mean, baby? they are now, thanks to that story, because everybody knows tarnished. about it. <laughs> the dingo's reputation has been tarnished. Um, <laughs> dingoes are glorious. I like them a lot. None of them have stolen my baby. That's good. Also, I don't have a baby, so that's so, also part they, of the reason hey, why you might have had one. They stole it before you even realized. I mean, yeah. anything, anything is possible. Anything is possible. So what are some of the, let's say, mistakes, most common mistakes uh, a dog owner or dog partner would uh, make that you see like the most of? The the one big thing or like the, the one question I get asked all the time is how do I teach my dog no? And it's mm. it's an impossible thing to answer because a no is it's not a behavior that you can teach and what they actually mean is how do I stop my dog from doing things that I don't like and the simple answer to that is tell them what you do like and the big thing that everybody and it's the seed of this idea that well I don't like what my dog's doing so I'm going to put them on a on a sort of halty collar face lead that lifts their head up every time they're pulling so I'm making my dog feel uncomfortable every time they're pulling so they'll stop pulling but actually what that's doing is that's telling your dog to pull even harder to get away from the uncomfortable feeling right it doesn't help so it's it's this whole idea of how do I teach my dog no it's actually a that's you looking at a dog believing it understands how humans work but wait my dog doesn't more... understand shocker right <gasps> what you're what you the way you want to be approaching it is hello we're the more intelligent species bizarrely somehow <laughs> um and it's our job to go out of our way to try and understand how you work um and this whole concept of i need to teach my dog no i i get a little bit shirty when this happens they go how do i teach my dog a no and i go you can't can you just look at the and human you, and go no you get, right and you get a client that turns around and he goes I've given you money isn't this what you're meant to teach me and I go there is zero point in teaching your dog no because he hasn't got a clue what it means however if you ask your dog for a sit you've already trained that and that's a behavior your dog can do because when if you, if you imagine if you are cooking something in your kitchen and I just stand behind you and go no no <laughs> no quite rightly you are going to spin around and go well what what do you want me to do what should I be doing because I haven't given you information about what I think you should be doing, you've just kind of carried on doing what you were doing. And I've been getting more angry going, no, no, no. And you're getting angry going, well, why don't you tell me what you actually want me to do? And that is the thing that starts to compromise a, a relationship between a dog and an owner, because your owner just gets into this rut of my dog doesn't listen to me. But most of the time, that's because you haven't told your dog what you want them to do. Interesting. Are you questioning your life now? <laughs> Things are starting to make sense. Um, I mean, my dogs bark all the time. Okay. So let me tell you, let me tell you a little bit, a little bit about my boys. 
Um, okay, here we go. The, the, the surgery is open. Tell okay, here we go. So we've got Dexter. Dexter okay. is uh, part Jack Russell, part toy poodle. He often has an ear infection and very itchy skin. Um, okay. Mm, now he is a dick. <laughs> in the best way possible he, let's say he if he doesn't want to do something he's not going to do it but okay. he's well trained so he you know he does all of his sits and stays and lie down and all that stuff uh but if you go to the park and he doesn't want to come back he's not coming back he's kind of like he does everything on his own terms and then you've got dylan dylan is codependent and needy his eyebrows are drawn on very well with his sad face and he will do like if you go to the park and you yell his name because he's running off you'll just like pretty much get in the fetal position and be like oh my god don't get mad at me I'm sorry and then he'll come back so you've got okay. two very different dogs very different personalities which I love about them both uh Dexter I had first and he was never a barker never barked Dylan, from day one, he's a barker. He'll hear a noise. He's skittish. He's jumpy. Uh, thunderstorms. He shakes like a leaf. He, like, literally, you have to cuddle him, mainly because I like to cuddle him. Um, <laughs> and secondly, because I'm like, oh, don't be scared. It's okay. And then you've got Dexter, who will just, like, he'll hear the thunder and he'll just look at you and go, fuck off. And walk off. Um, so he's, he's, a, he's a proper Australian dog, then. He's like, fuck off, mate. He is. He thinks I'm off he's to go a get a beer. He's looking for babies. Um, <laughs> oh, good. Okay. But they bark all the time. So Dexter will mm -hmm. now, but it's a Dylan's always the first one. Dylan will hear something, it'll freak him out, he'll bark. And then Dexter will start barking. Or oh, this is a fun one, too. Dylan has this thing where you'll, let's say you put him out the back and he knows you're inside and he doesn't want to be out the back on his own. And he knows you're inside and he will just do this one really angry, like it'll be silent. And then all you hear is him go Whoa! like that. And it's like, basically he's going, he's calling you a cunt. Right. Okay. Essentially. And he wants you to know he's mad. He's mad that you've left him outside. How do I stop my dogs from barking, Andy? Go. <laughs> a really good question <laughs> because barking, just like eyebrows, is something that dogs have specifically designed to communicate with humans. Foxes make that horrible screechy sound. Uh, yeah. Wolves howl. Um, hyenas giggle. Um, I, I think it's giggling. We're going to say it's giggling. We'll call it That sounds a bit more sinister, but hey, there you go. Dogs, they're the only ones that bark. And that is because it is... Um, uh, and, and dogs do it, right? Dogs bark. Every dog barks. My dog barks. Um, but we want to kind of sort of reel it back a little bit and ask ourselves, why has my dog gotten to that stage? So this is where I'm going to talk about something called <clears throat> the bucket of arousal. Switzerland. <laughs> I know. Now, this is nothing to do with your dog deciding to get some Barry White CDs out and get a glass of wine and be like, hey, ladies, come round. Um, but by the sounds of it, Dexter is a bit of a is a bit of a lad. He's a bit of a well, just have you. Interesting that he's quite itchy, gets ear infections. I wonder whether um, some of that discomfort adds into his behavior. 
um, and gets him a little bit more crabby. Do you know if he's allergic to anything? Uh, no, I don't know. Well, okay. look, he's itchy skin and stuff. Like over nine years, we've tried all sorts of things with the vet, like different diets, all mm. sorts of things. And then somebody, one vet was like, he's got doggy dermatitis. Okay. Yeah, okay. We'll go with that. His ear infection is just water. Every time he gets wet, he gets an ear infection. Okay. And then I think um, Dylan licks it and it's this whole gross, uh, gross, gross <laughs> <nasty> cycle. <laughs> okay. uh, so, um, so, but it, it, I mean, whether you've had an allergy test done or not, I don't know if you, uh, maybe it might be worth investigating because it could just be something like um, uh, the carpets that are on your floor or there, it, it could be any number of things that could be setting them off. Um, it's worth maybe having a check if you have the time. Um, I appreciate you have an actual life to live as well. So, you know, this all has to kind of wrap around, right? You still need time to be a human. Um, but when it comes to this bucket of arousal, right, there's loads of different things that fill up this bucket all the way through the day. And if this bucket keeps filling up, so maybe it might be a bang, like your thunder for Dylan, or it might be a certain smell like food that can add into the bucket as well. Or it might be something that they can see like, a cat scampering through the park. Um, it does have a cat nemesis. Right. Okay. 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 So all of these different things are going to keep filling up this bucket. And if we don't do anything to drain that bucket, we don't do anything to get rid of some of that tension. This bucket starts to overflow. And generally what happens is your dog barks because their bucket is overflowing. They're, they're, they're finding an outlet for, um, their frustration or their overexcitement or their fear, their panic. So those are the three reasons your bucket is going to overflow. My dog's too scared. My dog's too frustrated. They're not getting the outcome they were expecting or my dog's too excited. I think when you were saying um, Dexter was outside and he just does one big Dylan. bark. Oh, Dylan. Okay. Because Dylan's got that sort of, I like to snuggle up with you and I like to feel all warm and cozy and you're my favorite place to be. If I'm not near that, that's my frustration because I'm not getting the outcome I was expecting. You've left me outside. That's literally his bucket going bop, 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 overflowing, let the bark out and my bucket comes down just a touch. Um, so what we need to do is we need to find ways to drain that bucket as much as possible. So if we've got an empty bucket, in theory, we've got a dog that's that much calmer and is able to handle some of the slightly madder things. So Bella, my dog is a really good example of this, right? She's a stray, she had her tail cut off, so she hasn't got the best history with humans. Um, Therefore, because she doesn't have a tail, she can't send any calming signals to other dogs. So she gets sort of picked on. And as a result of that, she goes on the offensive most of the time. So she's quite reactive to other dogs. So all of these things knock onto each other. And so her bucket is quite small and it fills up really, really quick. Anything could kind of fill it up and she's just like, I can't focus now. So um, for her, what we try and do is we try and do three things on a regular basis to help calm her down as much as possible. We get her to sniff, we get her to lick, we get her to chew. And then we also throw in extra things like brain games to help keep her, her brain engaged in, in alternate activity. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So, thing number one, get your dog sniffing. And is, are your dogs on dry food, wet food? What's the deal? They're on all the food. All the food. All Every the single food. piece of food that's Every ever existed. Every single piece of food. Not onions or chocolate. Okay, good. Um, but is it is it dry food? Is it wet food? What's the what's, look? Is it, it a mix of both? It's a mix of both. Normally, okay. it's like normally it's kind of wet food. Okay, particularly in summer, cold That's wet cool. food. Right, so we can use that wet food in a, in a little bit when we talk about chewing. But uh, if you've got dry treats around, if you've got dry, uh, if your dog's on dry kibbly food, um, what you can do is you can scatter that around and you can get your dog sniffing. So whether you're out in the park or whether you're just popping out into the garden or even if you're inside the house, getting your dog to sniff is really good because your dog will sniff anywhere between four and seven times a second. And when your dog sniffs, they breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth, which to you and me is circular breathing. But to them, it's their way of going, oh, it smells like chicken. And then, oh, it tastes like chicken. So they're passing that air back over their tongue to double check what it is. That's how they understand what that thing is in front of them. So what they're doing four to seven times a second is pumping all this oxygen into their bloodstream. And when that happens, their heart rate slows down and their blood pressure drops. So when you've got Dylan outside and you're trying to sort of leave him to do his thing, what I would suggest, take some dry treats out, chuck those down on the grass Hopefully there's no snakes there to kill him. Um, <laughs> this is Australia. You do live in a ter- you do live in a terrifying country. Um, <laughs> but um, but if if you can give him that time to have a good old sniff around, a he's making a karma association. B it's a good way of getting his breakfast into him, and C he's starting to feel good about not having to be around you all the time. So you're starting slowly to change that thought process in his head. How quickly does that happen? Who can say? But what he, what you're doing is you're essentially giving your dog something else to do that is actively helping calm them down. So yeah, you can set up what I refer to as a sniffari in your garden, <laughs> where you have a little patch of food over there, a little patch of food over there, a little patch of food over by the fountain, because you're quite bougie and that's cool. Um, but it's, it's a treasure hunt, right, for your dog. They can go off, they can sniff out, they can go find that food. That's a lot of fun. That was a great game to play. God, what was that? Where's the boss gone? Oh, he's wandered off. All right, well, we'll just carry on hunting for our food. So you're starting just by promoting calm to get your dog to make new associations with different things. 
obviously if it's stormy season out in Oz as it is at the minute or if it's um, horribly cold and wet as it is here in the UK because that's just how it is all the time um, <laughs> what you, what you, what you probably don't want to end up throwing loads of dog food around your garden that's going to get all soggy and disgusting and then attract all kinds of weird things that's when the snakes um, and the spiders come right so you want an indoor version and an indoor version is called a snuffle mat and a I'm snuffle sorry, mat is a basically a snuffle mat snuffle and it's mat. a snuffle mat and it's basically a mat that's upside down so it's like a mop and it's got bits of fabric that stick up out of it so it's basically indoor grass that you can bung in the washing machine and give that a clean whenever you need to every now and then um, and it's just a way of being able to get your dog sniffing when they've got themselves too excited and you can do that indoor without throwing dog food in your carpet <laughs> so that's you know that's the plan because you know no, nobody wants a skanky gross mat thing that your dog keeps putting their face in and then it sticks to them and it slides off and you've just got a greasy half-faced dog gross <laughs> um so yeah being able to get your dog to sniff as much as possible is always great <sighs> This, this is this is all for, like at home i would charge you like 120 quid for this so uh this is all yours right um and you just did this is this why you were trying to figure out how much the uh, english pound is worth in dollars earlier am right, i gonna yeah. be billed there's a bank transfer coming your way um <laughs> no it's fine we'll get on to why i'm talking about that in a bit but um the next thing we want your dog to do is chew right and the reason we want your dog chewing is it is a great way of releasing dopamine. So if you think back to when Dexter and Dylan were puppies, um, oh, they, they were, were so cute. Right. But didn't they like having a bit of a chew on certain things? Was there anything that sort of got nibbled at home? Dylan, not so much. Dexter, cool. skirting boards. Skirting boards made of wooden, right? Yeah. Cool. So... Somebody told me to... to put hot mustard on them to stop it. Oh, God. <laughs> so I did. Uh, yeah. It turns out Dexter likes spicy things. There you go, right? Uh, so what you actually want to do in terms of chewing, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about chewing completely properly in a second, but chewing releases dopamine in your dog because your dog goes from 24 to 48 teeth. They double the amount of teeth in their mouth. We go one for one. And if you kind of think back to that one wisdom tooth that came through and how uncomfortable that was, your dog does that 48 times all at the same time. Horrible. Horrible. So your dog is chewing because they're looking for pain relief. They're trying to work those bigger teeth through their gums so it stops rubbing on the nerve endings and they feel better. Fair enough. Can't argue with that. And the brain, your dog's brain, backs that up by releasing dopamine. And dopamine is that nice little hormone that you get when you have a piece of chocolate. And then you kind of sink a little bit lower into the sofa as you're <laughs> watching your horror movies. And you're going, oh, I feel so much better now. Oh, everything's wonderful. Oh, I'm so much calmer. Because dopamine is a really calming hormone. And so we want your dogs chewing as much as possible. And that's where your wet dog food comes into play. Because we can stuff that into a chewy kong ah, <clears throat> a kong ah a kong here we go this is the original kong all right sometimes when i say this to clients they're like oh, okay yeah i've got the bone one and it's got holes at the end i don't mean that they're like oh yeah it's like a floppy toy that you throw in the it's like a frisbee not that is this it is the, the butt plug one yeah okay yeah it looks like a butt plug it does it looks like something for man summers um and it's it's i when i'm being professional and i talk to my clients i go yeah it's uh, it's the one that looks like a beehive ah uh, yes or if i think they're a bit dirty i go it looks like a poo 
or if I think they're up for it, I go, it's the one that looks like you should be hiding it from your friends when they come around for dinner because you don't <laughs> want to give them the wrong impression about what you kind of are into. So uh, with that in mind, um, we want to make sure that we've got as much chewing going on as possible because we want to release that dopamine. So we can take that wet dog food and we can stuff it into your chewy Kong. <laughs> That's right, friends. Stuff your Kong for a good time. Um, but... If you can get your dog biting down on the whole Kong, squeezing out their food, what you're doing is you're getting that bite, which is releasing the dopamine and helping calm your dog. And then as their food squeezes out, I'm doing a really horrifying hand gesture here for you, which Made. makes it look like I'm doing something from um, Pornhub. But It um, looks even worse because of the... Uh... The, the green screen. <laughs> I've got a green screen on because I'm a child and I think it's funny. Um, but essentially, we want your dog to bite down on that whole Kong so it squeezes their food out because then they get the mix of dopamine with the endorphins, the other feel-good hormone that is uh, associated with food. So food makes me feel good. And chewing this releases my food. So chewing makes me feel calm. And then I get my food, which means I feel good. And I always want to feel good. So I always want to feel calm. And so when you think about that bucket level that I was talking about, like 500 years ago, um, that dopamine is going to be the thing that helps lower that bucket level the most. And so the more chewing your dog can do, the more dopamine we're getting into their system, the less likely we are to get those slightly more madder reactive behaviors, because your dog is in a calmer place. So the more that you can get your dog chewing, the better. The final thing, I know, right? Um, and you can just use what's going into your dog's bowl, right? You don't have to put it into a bowl. You just redistribute it. And I give Bella four Kongs a day. I give her one either side of each walk because I know that her walks are going to be when her excitement level gets to its highest. That's when her bucket level is at its most you know, susceptible to overflowing. So I'll try and strategically handle that by going, well, let's get you calmer before and after so that we can make sure we get as low a bucket level as possible. Um, the other thing that we also want to do is get your dog's brain working. Um, what do Dexter and Dylan like doing in terms of play? Um, well, Dylan is mad for a ball. He okay. is, he will play fetch until the cows come home and we don't okay. have cows. So that's going to take a while. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Dexter, he likes to, he doesn't play fetch. He's, he will not play fetch. He's the okay. only dog I know who does not play fetch. You throw a ball, he looks at you like, go get it. Wow. Yeah. It's like, uh, no, thanks. He will, Too however, for if, this. yeah, if Dylan's playing fetch, Dexter will chase after Dylan and run up and down and be like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm <laughs> just going to do it anyway. This seems like it might be fun. I just um, want to be involved. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Dylan is completely a fetch dog. Dexter likes to... Dexter likes to roughhouse. He likes it when you play with him and you, you know, almost wrestle him. Okay. So in that case, what you can do for Dylan is you can take a ball, take his ball, wrap it up in a couple of towels. He's now got to dig his way through those towels to be able to get to the ball before you throw it. So we're engaging his brain. What we can do with Dexter is we can take a Kong wobbler, which again, <laughs> sounds, sounds really, really rude. <laughs> um, but um, a Kong wobbler is basically, it's the same shape as the butt plug one um, that's rubbery. Um, but this one is made of solid plastic rather than rubbery plastic, which um, if you do do anything with that in the bedroom, um, <laughs> <clears throat> plenty of lube, please. Um, but 
essentially what happens here is uh, you unscrew the top and you throw in a whole load of dry food and you screw it back up and your dog has to knock it over. It's got a little hole that lets some of that food out, but then it self-writes. So your dog's now got a challenge. How do I get my food out this stupid thing that's in front of me? And for a dog that likes to roughhouse, he can now knock it around. So it's not play with you. It's play with something else that is interacting with him. So he can go to town on that, right? He can chuck it around. It doesn't matter. All it does is just go back to where it was dead easy um and again it's another way of getting some of your dog's dinner into them without you having to give them extra food if that makes sense yeah so <clears throat> being able to engage your dog's brain is very much the same as me doing my exams at school if my brain had to do 10 minutes hard work i would need to lie down for about <laughs> 10 hours just to recover and, yeah. and like as as you pointed out you've known me for 15 years you know that that is fact this um, is true it is true. So just that use of that brain power, that ability to problem solve means that your dog is now even more kind of knackered out. And then we're helping just get that bucket level right down to its very bottom. So being able to sniff, play, essentially get their brain engaged, but engaged in a way that is perhaps more of a puzzle rather than I just keep chasing the ball and keep building up all my adrenaline. Sorry, my Siri decided to join in there, um, which he does on the, on, on the regular. The phone is um, listening. He also calls me Your Grace, just in case you were wondering. Because <laughs> um, I watched Game of Thrones and I thought it'd be funny if my phone called me Your Grace. It's fine. Um, anyway, uh, what was I talking about? Uh, I, got, I got really thrown there. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you were talking about the dogs needing to dig, play with the Kong toys. Yes. Um, but yeah, right. Okay. So if, if we can get their brains working, right, if we can get their brains engaged in an activity, we can get them problem solving, it's going to help drain that bucket. And it's going to get them to a stage where if we combine that with the sniffing, with the chewing, and with the ability to, to play and be able to use their brain, we've got a dog in theory, that is now that much calmer, and is more willing to listen to what it is you're asking them to do. It suddenly all makes sense. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I need to lie down. I told you, <laughs> ten minutes hard work, and I need to lie down now. Okay, so then that like that totally makes sense. So you were talking about um, with Bella when she goes for a walk, her bucket is very full. Mm -hmm. So you counteract that with the Kong toys before and after. Yeah. That's something I may have to do because the boys when they go for a walk, <clears throat> particularly Dylan. He's so excited. He's so excited that you don't even want to take him for a walk because he's that excited. Okay. And you're just like, oh, girl, you're problematic. Stop. <laughs> right. So in which case, I want you to fuck with their heads. If, if your dogs are making a prediction that they're seeing the lead, they're seeing the harness, they're seeing their <gasps> they clothes They just see the clothes. They see the exercise shorts or they see this, the right pair of sneakers and Dylan's like, fuck, we're going out. We're going. Right. So you've got a dog now that's making those predictions and I want you to fuck with their heads. I want you to be able to disrupt that thought process. I want you to be able to go, okay, I'm going to leave my trainers outside the front door. Actually, you've got spiders. Maybe don't do that. Um, or um, pop, your, pop your trainers into a little plastic bag and then the pop them outside. Yeah, put them in a Ziploc. There you go. Hi, see, there's answers everywhere. Um, <laughs> without you being, you know, bitten to death by all the the horrors from stranger things that live in in your country um so um 
if if you can start disrupting that that whole sort of process that you go through to take them out for a walk um can you clip them onto the lead but just drop the lead and just let them walk around with it so they suddenly start to go oh oh we're not going anywhere this is pants and you and you just clip it on and then you're not going for a walk i've tried that so i've done that so i think who was it caesar milan uh, hmm. old caesar back in the day he did that one he was like put the lead on your dog and let your dog walk around with the lead don't take them out until they calm down so with Dylan, so it's not until they calm down. Ah, see, you want to take it a step forward. You want to clip it onto them and just let them wander around. Because Dylan, you'll clip it onto him, day. and you're like, okay, here you go, clipped. Wait for you to calm down. Twenty minutes. You're like, he's still not calmed down. He's still right because he's still going to be going nuts. Yeah. So what I would do is maybe jump them out to the garden. That's where you're going to do some sniffari work, right? Go off ah. and sniff. You've got your you've got your lead on. We're getting your dog to make a new association. There is also nothing wrong with having an off day where you don't take your dog for a walk, because if you think about the amount of adrenaline that builds up when your dog's out and being exposed to all those exciting things, we want to give them a day where they've actually got the opportunity to calm down, right? Give them a spa day. Give your dog the chance to just be like, oh, cool, we're, we're not going to the park. That's weird. But you can still pop them on the lead all day and they just trot around. It's going to be a bit noisy. Might be a bit annoying if they're scraping around and you're on a Zoom call. But um, if, if you can give them that chance to start making a new association of my lead goes on and nothing happens, <laughs> then when you are bringing out their lead to actually take them for a walk, they're going, it's our lead, which means nothing happens. Oh, we're going out the front door. That's nice. So you're giving your dog fewer opportunities to start anticipating and getting all excited and losing their mind. Um, so play around with that kind of stuff. And it is, it is going to come down to what works for your dog, right? There is no one size fits all for all dogs. It doesn't, doesn't work, right? You have to experiment and go, okay, this thing works for Dexter and this thing's slightly different for Dylan, but that's okay. Um, Dexter's cool with one day off, but Dylan might get a couple of days off from walks, you know, play around with it because it, it's it's going to be, there's, there's no one size fits all is what I'm saying. So we've covered the sniffing and the digging and the fucking with the dog's minds. Mm, yes. Mm. Sounds like a good Friday night, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> What about um, people? Where do your people go wrong the most? Aside from trying to say no and, and assuming that that is just a, an automatic thing that a dog knows, uh, I, I think it, it's probably that people expect results straight away. And actually the best way to train your dog is slowly. Um, if, if, if you were sort of given 10 minutes to learn how to write and then expected to write a novel after those 10 minutes of being, of, imagine you've never even seen the written word before. Someone takes 10 minutes to teach you how to write and then you have to write, you know, the full complete works of Shakespeare. That's not achievable. It's quite stressful. Right. Especially if you're dyslexic like me. You're like, <laughs> look at all the, the pretty letters. Um, <laughs> but, but sometimes we go, okay, I've spent 10 minutes teaching my dog how to do loose lead walking, but they still won't do it. Well, you go, well, yeah, because you've only spent 10 minutes and loose lead walking is one of the hardest things to teach your dog to do because you're asking a four-legged animal to walk like your Nana on a Zimmer frame, right? You're asking them to purposefully go slower, which is mad to a dog. That doesn't make any sense. If you think about my border collie, she's meant to be running around on the other side of a herd of sheep. 
I'm not meant to be walking next to you, you know, stinky, gross man. Um, <laughs> which I'm sure is what she's thinking. And certainly the look on her face. Um, but, you know, I, I think I, I'd, sometimes people don't have the, the right expectations of what their dogs can achieve at the stage that they're at. And training your dog slowly and taking the time to invest and really going, okay, well, maybe this is just a little bit too hard for you. I'm prepared to make sure that we take it a step back so that we can make it easier so that you can succeed and that we can get the right behavior at the right time. And I think sometimes people go, right, we've done it in the garden and we spent 20 minutes doing it and I'm sure it was absolutely fine. So uh, let's try it out of the park now. <laughs> and, and sometimes dogs just aren't able to handle that sudden change and you need to kind of take it nice and slow what about the uh the old the old saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks like i guess from your experience you deal with dogs that are from puppies up to senior gentlemen and ladies i assume yes yes those with bus passes (laughs) um uh look yeah you can absolutely teach a dog anything that you want to teach them depending on how long you spend training that into them. Um, There is nothing that you cannot train a dog to do. If you are coming at it from that whole idea of I'm, I'm working at this as a partnership. So if your dog can see that there's a benefit for them to do it and it benefits you at the same time, well, great. Um, If you're just going, well, I just want my dog to do a paw because it's cute. um, Then that's not helpful. Just sprung into my mind that we were talking about recall a little bit earlier right and this is a good example some people go ah my dog just doesn't want to listen to me and the first thing that I normally ask a client when they say that their dog doesn't want to come back to them they're not interested in doing it do you pay your dog every time they come back to you do you do they get a reward do they get treated every time and I mean every time that they come back to you and nine times out of ten you've got someone going no, not really. I thought we should be able to do it without treats. Well, from your dog's perspective, you're in a really exciting environment when it comes to recall. I'm off the lead, which is brilliant. I'm running around with other furry friends, which is brilliant. There's loads of smells from other dogs that have been here all day long, which is brilliant. And there's a kid over there with a hot dog, which is brilliant. (laughs) And then there's you going, come here, I'm going to put you back on the lead and we're going to go home. And people can't understand why your dog doesn't want to come back to you. Are you sure? Do you want to have another think about it? Um, And, you know, if you can, have those treats with you. Take your dog's breakfast with you on the walk so that you can go, look, I'm going to give you some breakfast while we're out here. So you're going to want to make sure you keep coming back to me so that you're getting paid, right? Um, So, uh, yeah, being able to, to make sure that you're staying consistent with your training is uh, the the big the big takeaway I think I have no idea where I went with that question or whether it was even <laughs> useful or even whether I answered your question I've got no idea anymore well look considering I have one dog who is terrified and will come back if you yell his name loud enough and the other dog who is just not coming back that definitely was a helpful question um, okay, cool yeah now <laughs> You have recently, I say recently, it's fairly recent, um, been popping up on my TikTok with your videos, which I think are great. 
you also make mention on your website about something called Dogglebox. 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 Right. Tell me, please tell me that in Australia you have Gogglebox. We do. Right, good. Because um, it's basically a pun on that. (laughs) It's just a ripoff, really. Um, the, The way to look at Dogglebox is it is kind of like the Disney Plus of dog training. So everything that we would teach in a six week puppy course or anything that we would teach in the adolescent course um, and all that stuff that I was talking about, buckets of arousal and how to calm your dog down and all that kind of stuff. Recall, we, we cover loose lead walking. All of those are in little sort of mini videos, which are I think the longest one there is about 10 minutes long. And it is essentially everything that I have right now (laughs) everything that i have online so that people can train their dogs remotely um obviously i'm in the uk uh it's very difficult for me to just hop over to australia and go hi let me help you with your dog it's quite the commute it's quite the commute Um, and we're not even letting people in over here so well and why would you you'll just be at the airport knocking on the window hello and and licking it um (laughs) because i'm a window licker um but um but essentially, it's it's a way of being able to get all that training in. It's a way of being able to make sure that um, you get the same consistent information for everybody in the household, because you can all sit down with a little bag of popcorn and watch it all together, which is nice. Um, you've got the opportunity to share that training with everybody. And um, it's only, and I, it's so for, for the, if you're listening in the UK, hello, by the way, uh, if you're listening in the UK, it's £20 a month. If you're listening in Australia, um, it is, get this, $36.51 at the current exchange rate at the time of recording. Or £20 So essentially, right, basically it's £20 a month. Uh, So essentially all the way through, um, whenever you need it, you've always got those videos there. And we also have Zoom calls. So if there is something that isn't working for you, if there's something that you've tried and you've gone, it kind of worked, but it's kind of falling apart or I don't understand how this is meant to be helping or I don't understand why my dog isn't responding to this we can use those zoom calls to be able to remotely help you Um, and uh, and so what I wanted to make sure is that dog training was accessible for as many people as possible and was affordable for as many people as possible because sometimes you will get into a course and it is like you know thousands of pounds which is crazy what's the uh What's the Australian exchange rate on the thousands of pounds? Oh, hang on. Shall I ask? Shall I ask Google? <laughs> yes, your grace. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so close by me, there is a, uh, oh, blimey. Um, there is a course where you, uh, there's a six week course nearby me that you can do to train your dog, right? In inverted mm-hmm. commas. That's 700 pounds here which in your money is $1,279.41. See, why would you pay that when you can just do £20 a month? Or 36 whatever it was. That I said. <laughs> I've just cleared my phone now. What an idiot. <laughs> uh, hilarious. Well, uh, Where is it? There you go. 3655. 36.55. Oh, so for $36.55, you could have Andy and his people in your living room essentially right come on keep plugging it i've got an underwear addiction that we need to keep uh... and on that filthy note andy scorch 
thank you very much for coming on to my podcast. Sean, it's been a treat, a pleasure and a delight. And I hope I haven't bored you to tears. No, I've learned many things and I'm currently going to go and clip a lead on my dog and throw it outside and see what That's happens. Cool. Throw what, some food at it. The dog. Wait, deletes. you're not in a flat, are you? Go, go downstairs before you do that. Okay. <laughs> um, I, no, not in a flat. I'm good. Ground floor. Cool. Fancy pants <laughs> place. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for coming on and sharing the information. I know that there are quite a few people in my life who have doggos who will benefit greatly from this conversation and uh, if they can make any sense of, of anything that I said but um, if you do need to to sort of ask a question um, by all means you can you can email me um, it's andy at bellaramica.co.uk um, all of the dogglebox stuff is on um, bellaramica.co.uk forward slash dogglebox um, or you can find us on twitter instagram tiktok I guess what am I on tiktok I don't even know I think you're just your name, but don't worry. I'll put, <laughs> I will put all cool. of your Nothing links. but consistence. There you go. I'll put all of your links <laughs> to everything in the show notes for anybody who wants to check it out. I highly recommend uh, watching the videos on TikTok because they make perfect sense. Much like this conversation. Well, good. I'm glad. Thank you, Mr. Schoolage. You've schoolage you, us. Taylor. <laughs> well guys that's a wrap for another episode of the podcast thank you all for tuning in this week as mentioned if you want to follow andy or find out more about Dogglebox or any of the things that he's up to get some tips and tricks on how to train and have a partnership with your own pooch then all of the links to his socials and everything you need, his website is going to be embedded into the show notes. So just have a little click and head on over and see what he is up to. For now though, guys, that is all. Stay safe, look after yourselves, and I will see you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.